Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Hi, mission friends. Welcome back to yet another mission adventure. Longtime missionary and field director Arnold Hooker has navigated well over a dozen countries during his term of service. And as expected, this has not been without incident. In this episode, he will tell us two stories. The first is called Home Witnessing. The second is called God's Protective Hand. Some of you might wonder, how could you possibly minister to people if you are in your home and are unable to go out? Well, Arnold had a plan for that. Listen how God used him while at home when he asked God for help. Here is his story. I was out sweeping my porch one day in a city called Simreep. And in Simreep, um, I had to uh, do a lot of work inside during the week sometimes, and I wanted to get a little exercise. But as I was sweeping my porch and and thinking about how I might reach people, I asked the Lord if He would send someone or, or put someone in my path that day, even though I had to stay in the house all day. As I was contemplating finishing the prayer and contemplating finishing up sweeping, I thought I was hearing things, a voice above me or beside me or some from some direction said, are you a Christian? And I looked around and there was nobody in the courtyard with me. I had, I was in a locked courtyard. I just kept sweeping thinking I must be hearing things. And again, a voice came, are you, are you a Christian? And I looked up at that point because I, my ears found the direction from which the question came and it came a little louder. And I looked up and there was a young man on the fence between the hotel and my property where I was renting. And he was up there picking flowers to take to the pagoda to give to the Buddha there as a present or as a gift. I asked him what he was doing. And he said, I'm picking flowers for a gift for, for my God. And I said, are you interested in Christianity? He says, I don't really know much about Christianity. I'd, I'd like to know. And so I spent about the next half hour giving him a lesson on what Christ was to me in the most simple terms I possibly could. And he said, wow, I, I really need to check into that. And I had told him that God doesn't require of us gifts, only our heart. And we don't have to give him anything to appease his anger or anything like that, but only just trust him and and have faith in him. So after spending about a half hour talking to this young man, he said he had to go. and, And I don't really know whatever would have come of that, only that I I do know that I gave him enough information to make a decision for or not for Christ. Sometimes the Holy Spirit has to work and add to it, and others need to tell them about Jesus. But this young man left knowing far more than he did when, when he had called me. I was outside again about two weeks later, sweeping again, and I heard the same exact thing. 
Same thing. Are you a Christian? Same wall, different person. God was able to use this technique for folks picking flowers up on the wall to ask me if I was a Christian, and then I was able to share with them. And it it sounds like a story that is almost like not true, but my wife and I can assure you that it's very true. We um, have had many such occurrences where someone just comes to us when we can't go out to them for whatever reason and able to share with them about the love of Jesus Christ. Also, at the same home, I was able to share with my landlord, who was uh, not a Christian, and I gave him a steps to Christ. And I gave it to him right inside the gates of my own home. When we couldn't possibly go somewhere, God would send people to me. So I just wanted to let you know that sometimes in the mission field, all you have to do is just ask for God to send you someone. I'm encouraging people to do that. My wife and I recently moved to Tennessee, and we have packages delivered to us quite quite often. And sometimes those packages are from uh, Federal Express or from the UPS man or from the mail mailman. And I actually asked if I could have a different delivery man each time of the Lord so that I could have a chance to give them literature. And God has opened up to where I've had more than 20 delivery people, and they change all the time. I've had people tell me, this isn't even my area, but for some reason they sent me here. And I knew why they sent them here, so I could share with them a book or a magazine or a Bible or something to get them started thinking about their salvation. So thank you for listening to my story. Remember, you're a missionary wherever you are, and just ask God to send you people if you're too busy like I was in those days in Cambodia. Thank you so much for listening, and God bless you. Bye-bye. Have you noticed how many opportunities God puts in front of us, even in situations where we least expect it? In Arnold's second story called God's Protective Hand, He recounts an incident he and his wife had involving a taxi driver and a civilian. How did God provide protection and guidance at just the right moments? Let's find out. Today I'd like to tell you a story of how God can protect his missionaries. Sometimes in the mission field you get accused of things that are beyond your control or or you didn't do. I um, was just in Nepal with a missionary and Diane, my sweet wife. And we were um, riding in a rented taxi. We opened the door into traffic on the left-hand side of the road, which would be just fine in America, but they drive on the opposite side. So they put the door right into traffic. And a motorcycle taxi with a rider on behind hit the taxi door. And the motorcycle flipped and threw the rider and the driver down the road about 10 or 12 feet. The driver landed and I believe the passenger landed on him for a second and then hit on her back and tore her clothes. And of course the traffic noise was making the noise and the policeman started whistling and the taxi driver started saying things we couldn't understand. And we feared that maybe we had hurt someone very badly. The taxi driver, when he came to his senses, sort of what had happened, 
because we all didn't realize what had happened for a few seconds. The driver of the motorcycle got up and uh, someone helped him pick his motorcycle up, but the lady was still laying on the ground. The motorcycle driver was in shock and he had hurt one of his hands. The lady on the ground had tore her dress and had scratched her back and some people got her up and sat her on the curb. But there was a crowd gathering and the taxi driver knew that he better get them out of there because if the crowd gathers too much, then the people will start almost like riding towards the taxi driver. So he said, I must take them to the hospital. So they got in his car and they both went to the hospital and someone said, oh, we'll watch your motorcycle. The taxi driver said, we're going to a certain hospital to us and and you should come. So uh, we knew that we could be in trouble here. So we flagged another taxi driver down and had him follow the other taxi to the hospital. They omitted these two people. Uh, We were worried about the lady because she had hit her head. And while they were both uh, wearing helmets, it seemed like she had the helmet had either come off or, or something. I can't really remember, but because it happened so fast and then we left the scene of the, of the accident really quickly. When the next time we saw her, they admitted her and him to the hospital and they were giving them, the lady, some x-rays and CAT scans and also the man. We were there for about an hour and they said they're stable We won't have the results of the CAT scans back for a while, or MRIs, I guess they were MRIs, but I'm not not 100% sure, but they they wanted to get the results back from the MRI or the CAT scan, whichever they had done, and x-rays. So in the meantime, the police called the taxi driver, and the taxi driver said, we need to go to the police to sort this out. So we had been in other countries so many times, and, and we figured Nepal was going to be much the same way. We were summoned to the police department. As we went into the police department, we went into a room and people that had been at the accident were already arguing in the police department. A man that we didn't know, we found out later, he owned the taxi company that was the motorcycle taxi company. And then we also found out later that the woman whose husband was the taxi driver was already arguing our case, that they were maybe going too fast or whatever. And so they were just arguing back and forth at a loud roar. And I I moved away because I didn't know what they were saying. And I came back in. And as I came back in and sat down, a, a policeman on my right, a fellow with lots of stripes on his uniform, I could tell he was an important officer. He said in perfect English, he said, do you understand the rules of Nepal? And I said, no. And he said, do you understand what you did was wrong? And I said, no. We didn't know that what we had done was wrong. And, and he said, then you're free to go. You are not, by our rules, you must know the rules in order to follow the rules. And you're a foreigner and you don't know the rules. So therefore, this will have to be worked out between the taxi driver and the taxi driver company for the motorcycle taxi and for the the people who had gotten hurt. And uh, we felt badly because we had caused the accident, but we were free to go. But we wanted to tell the officer we would like to try to pay for the woman's dress and, and we would pay some on the hospital bill if it wasn't too expensive. 
The officer took us aside and told us what we should do. And so we returned to the hospital and we went to the hospital administrator's office and we said, hey, we'd like to pay rather for the uh, hospital bill. And we were afraid it might be $100,000 or something, but which we couldn't help with. But it ended up being about 400 US dollars and we had brought extra emergency monies with us and we paid for the doctor bills for the woman and the man and the the taxi driver had fixed his car himself and the motorcycle was uh, fixed for just a few hundred rupees which was very little money maybe about 10 US dollars and they had it all worked out and we were free to go. It's just like God, you know, you worry. We, I was sitting there in the police department thinking, oh man, they may be going to take us to jail or something. We don't know because if we hurt someone. But God made it so that the people were not hurt badly, even though they landed on pavement, flew off their motorcycle and flew through the air. I actually saw the lady land on the other man and then land on the, on the road. God had it worked out to where she was not hurt in her in her head or, or in her body. She had some scratches and they wouldn't let us pay for her dress at all. They didn't want any money. They were very gracious to us. And we believe that all of it was that God is in control and that he cares about us. So we drove away that day knowing we had done our best, but also God had done very much for missionaries. And we realized that God watches over his missionaries all over the world. Sometimes the story doesn't turn out so good, but he's still there and he still teaches lessons through our ignorance sometimes and he still answers prayers today. So God bless you today. I hope that you've enjoyed this story and that you will think about becoming a missionary yourself. God bless, bye-bye. I am grateful that everyone involved was okay. Praise God that no one got seriously injured and that everything worked out in the end. God can absolutely use you too. Just ask and He will find a way for you to minister to others. Thank you for listening, and make sure to join us next time at Frontier Missions Journal.